Hey, welcome to the Healing She Got Faith show. I am Lily. I am the founder of Healing She Got Faith, and I am the host of the Healing She Got Faith talk show. Healing She Got Faith is an organization that was created for adults who are dealing with grief and or on their self-love journey. During this talk show, we talk about grief, healing, self-love, but overall, we are encouraging you to love you the way you love the world okay so we thank you all for tuning in happy monday and welcome to the healing she got faith show this is lily i am your favorite community social worker your self-love advocate and the founder of healing she got faith and of course the host of this talk show so i want to do a very special shout out because it is episode 60 60 that's right you guys we have been here for 60 episodes and i'm so excited it is march so happy march happy third month of 2023 and we are now entering into our social work series last year i did this series and i was able to just educate people on the social work industry and what it's like my path in the social work industry and really like a lot of people we're just educated about it they started to understand when i started to say like people started to understand like why i say i'm not a therapist and why i put a big emphasis on saying community social worker versus therapist versus life coach and things of that nature so I'm bringing it back this year. We are in the social work series. Our topic of episode 60 is love and social work because we just got out of the 28 days of love series where um, I really just showed myself love, gave myself flowers, gave people in the community love and things of that. So I wanted to start us off with love and social work because I definitely have a love for social work, but I also want to continue to educate the masses and educate people on the social work industry. So welcome to episode 60. I'm so happy to have you here. If you're new here, hey, welcome. Take a seat. Make yourself at home. Get comfortable. We are here for a long time and a fun time, okay? If you are a continuing listener, hey guys, I miss you and I thank you so much for coming back each and every Monday, each and every week. I really do appreciate you. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our check-in. All right, so we are in the portion of our check-in, which is usually the first segment of every show that we do here at Healing She Got Faith talk show, okay? So what is the check-in? So the check-in is basically us asking how are we feeling and so typically you'll hear myself and it, or if I have a guest we'll always ask that question like how are you feeling how are you or something of that nature because before we get started and talking we always want to check in with ourselves this is throughout life this is just a great way to start your day this is a great way to enter into every situation even before you go to bed how are you feeling and so as you'll see on the show I'll either say how am I feeling or how are you feeling and I'm encouraging you to do the same so enjoy and make sure you're checking in with yourself all right we are now in this segment of the show called the check-in and can I simply just ask myself how am I feeling right now in this moment um if you hear me I'm a little stuffy 
So, <laughs> as some of you might know, I was on bed rest and sick with COVID, and um, I thought I just had a common cold. I ended up having COVID, and I recorded while I had that, and I got over that, but then my sinuses started to act up, so I'm currently getting over a sinus infection, and that has just been fun. Um, so, I sound a little stuffy. I do apologize for that, but... Currently, I just feel motivated. I feel loved. I feel like I did some releasing. On my dad had therapy, and it was a very intense therapy session. I haven't had a very intense therapy session in a very long time, but I feel like my therapist was finally at a place with me where she was very honest, and she was just like, I don't know when things are going to turn around for you. I don't know when things are going to change, but I see that you are not seeing the fruit of your of your labor. You are not seeing the harvesting of everything you have planted. And yet you still get up every day and you continue to help people. I was in tears crying to her about my life and how things were going and just the certain things that I'm just not seeing. And as I'm doing this, I'm helping a friend um, transition, well, friends, helping transition their life, watching their kids, helping them, just being there for them. And they walk in as I'm in therapy and my, and my therapist was like, one, I'm happy you get to be around little people because the innocence of children just remind us of how little control we have. But also to children remind us of just the innocence of life where we don't have to worry about certain things. And then she turned around and she said, and you have grit because even in the midst of you crying and even in the midst of you not really knowing which way to go, you're still helping out. And that says a lot about your character. And I had to be reminded of that. I had to be reminded that I literally treat people the way I want to be treated. I love people. And I want to be loved. So I love people the way I want to be loved. And it's not in a selfish way, but I know that I'm an emotional being. And I know that I have an anxious, avoiding attachment style. And so I operate at a certain level. And I have, as I've gotten older, I've learned to accept myself for who I am. And I've learned to accept that I was created to be who I am. And even though life does not seem to be working in my favor in this current moment, I am reminded that even when I want to give up, it's not in me to give up. I know how to take breaks. and I know how to set boundaries. And because I'm learning how to set boundaries, my life is taking a shift that it's even hard for me to receive that. It's hard for me to see that because I've gone my whole life without boundaries like the women in my life didn't have boundaries my family just things and in therapy what I realized is I've been holding on to so much pain and even though I allow my I allow myself to be in a space I allow myself the freedom to feel I have become so numb to pain that even when I want to allow myself to cry I cannot cry and Monday um Today's Monday. <laughs> so I'm referring back to last week. Um, I, when I was in therapy, I realized that I needed to cry and I needed that moment to release. 
I needed that moment to be at a place where I no longer had to be the strong person. And I think I'm coming into that moment. I no longer need to be the strong person. I no longer need to be the person where I have to do everything and be everything. And it is hard to come out of that. It is hard to be at a place where you are no longer operating how you used to operate. And how does that correlate to how I feel today? Ever since releasing that, I have felt better and I've seen opportunities come up. There have been recent situations in my life where I haven't been paid for services I provided. I I have had contracts and commitments that have not been fulfilled on the other party and I've tried everything to protect myself and to do it. And sometimes it doesn't matter what you do, it's just not going to work. And I think that we need to talk about that. Like there are prevention measures that we have that, you know, we put in place. And even with having all of those things, we still, the situation still falls short. I don't know how else to say it. The situation still falls short. And so keeping that in mind, we have to give ourselves grace and we have to uh, realize a situation. I was talking to a friend and we were just talking about how like I'm kind of overly pessimistic and she's overly optimistic. And so both of our therapists have been working with us. Like with her, her therapist told her, your house could be burning down to flames and you're still thinking about the good stuff. You're not processing the feelings. On the opposite end, my therapist is talking to me about how I'm so used to being in pain that I just expect it. So even if someone gives me a compliment, I'm still expecting to get hurt at the end of the day. And so working through that, because I don't want to be pessimistic, but I don't want to be overly optimistic because there is a such thing as positively gaslighting, positivity, uh, positively, why can't I say the word? Optimistic, optimism. So I want to be realistic. I want to be in the moment. If I'm angry in the moment, I need to be able to say I'm angry in the moment. If I am happy in the moment, I need to be able to say I'm happy. If I'm numb in the moment, I need to be able to say that. And so today I'm bringing you content and I'm bringing you the authentic feeling of releasing. I cried. I still showed up. But I was very honest in that moment. I'm weak. I was texting somebody and I felt like I had been brushed off. And I texted that person. I was like, please do not brush me off or leave me hanging today. I cannot handle it. I cannot handle it. I need help. I need support. I am struggling. I am fighting for my identity. I'm going through so much. I'm trying so hard in every which way I feel like I'm getting slapped in the face. And I need the support. And the person ended up apologizing to me and we ended up having a conversation. But the reality was... I was still processing all the pain that I had just released. I had woke up and it was just a bad day. And it's okay to have those bad days. And it's okay to realize like I am hurt. I was hurt. All I was trying to push through the week. It was so busy. But the reality was like I was tired. I didn't get paid. I wasn't getting recognition. I like the people were just ghosting me. And then people love to just show up in your face like nothing's wrong. Like. I'm hurt right now. Like, stop doing that. So I'm here today. Physically, I feel stuffy. Like, these sinuses got to go, but it's 75% better than what it was. 
yesterday. So I'm grateful for that. Mentally, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to hit the ground running. Spiritually, I just know that God has a place for me. And I know that God is just telling me I'm doing what I got to do. Emotionally, I'm at a place where I just feel like I'm where I belong. And I feel a shift coming. Um, so, yeah. That's my check-in for today. All right, let's hop right into our icebreaker. Here at Healing She Got Faith, no matter if we're on the podcast, no matter if we have a guest, and no matter if we're at a conference, a professional development, any type of workshop, we always do one icebreaker, which really is just me bringing a bunch of affirmation cards and we pick them and we say if they resonate with this why or why not and we discuss it it's a great icebreaker for any type of activity it really gets people talking you get people kind of comfortable it really um beats the traditional icebreaker of like the awkwardness of trying to get people's names and stuff like that but instead we ask really intense questions and or we just read some things and we read out loud and we say does it resonate why or why not a lot of times on top of that you just get people to be more comfortable in starting conversation and people start to be engaged so healing she got faith we do that no matter what and we'll always do it so here for this segment we will always welcome to our icebreaker segment All right, we are now in the icebreaker segment of the day, and we picked cards from How to Love Yourself by Louise Hay. So we've been picking cards from her since February, so we're going to just continue that. <laughs> so today it says, wellness is the natural state of my body. My body communicates with me, and I am willing to listen and understand its messages. So wellness is the natural state of my body my body communicates with me and i am willing to listen to and understand its messages i feel like in 2023 my body has been doing nothing but talking to me like ma'am sit down you are doing too much like right now it's a i'm congested and i feel like my my body is like ma'am did you not learn from when we just had covid like get yourself together and so I really do believe our bodies do talk to us. I really do believe that our bodies will tell us what's wrong before. And we really have to acknowledge our body. What's that saying? Take care of you or your body will take care of you for you or something like that. And so a lot of times we see due to stress, people being hospitalized. We see due to stress, people not like not being their best selves, like, there's stress, there's trauma, there's burnout, y'all. Burnout affects our physical body, regardless if we believe it or not. Like, burnout affects our our body. We need to learn that we have to take care of ourselves. So, I believe my body talks to me all the time. I believe my body tells me when I'm doing too much, when I need to rest, when I need to just sit down. I could not get any medicine, nasal spray, I was drinking all type of liquids yesterday, and when I finally went home and took a three-hour nap, I I woke up and I was 60% better. Then that night, I went to sleep, and when I woke up, I was better. My body was asking me for a rest. My body was like, hey, you need to sit down. You need to go to sleep. This is what is going to heal us. 
Let's go ahead and do that. And so for me, I now know how my body reacts when, um, when I'm doing too much. My body will shut down. My body will tell me. And I'm not just a head coach type of person. Like, I'm a bed rest. Like, when I'm sick, my body is like, go to sleep, go sit down, you out for the next three weeks. So I am that person. It's hard to explain to people. Like, oh, just take your gurney and just do this. My body is sick of me. My body is letting me know, hey, you're not listening, so we're going to listen for you and go sit down. So that was my icebreaker. I hope that you listen to your body. I hope that you take I hope that you learn from me, like learn from me to take care of your body. Learn from me to like not be doing too much. You do not have to be Superman. You don't have to be God. You don't have to show up for everybody else. Listen to your body. Your body will talk to you. All right. Well, let's hop right into the topic of episode 60, which is love and social work. And now you are entering into the main course meal of the episode, which is the topic. So you can always find the topics either in the show notes or on the calendar or on social media. But this is the portion where we literally break down the topic and just have a real life discussion of life. So enjoy the episode hope you take something good from me always remember to love you the way you love the world all right welcome to episode 60 in the social work series and today we are talking about love in social work so why are we talking about love and social work one of the reasons is because i want to talk about why i love social work so much and so I love social work for what it is, but I have such a love-hate relationship with the system of social work. And so a lot goes into that, a lot of opinions and facts and different different things of that nature. So how did I get into social work? To be quite honest, how I got into social work was when I was in college in my undergrad, I thought, I just knew I was going to be an English teacher. And I really believed that I was going to be an English teacher because that's really what was presented to me at the high school I went to. We didn't really have like career exploration. Like I think we had, was it college bound? Maybe it was college bound. We had a couple different classes that like helped people like figure out what they were going to do. But what I really remember is like there was only like four options, like a teacher, police officer, rapper, athlete. Like it just really wasn't a lot of like career exploration and part part of that was because of the type of high school I went to like they really didn't have high hopes for us like there were some teachers who cared and I still talk to them to this day but the system as a whole really just kind of accepted that like we were not going to be the kids that you know succeeded in life and that really sucked that really sucked to be in that position so um I just knew I was going to be an English teacher. And so I'm not going to lie, that came from learning about the Freedom Riders and watching the Freedom Riders movie. I was like, oh, I could be that. And then, like, at the time, I really loved, like, my English teacher. And to be quite honest, majority of my schooling, I've loved my English teachers outside of college. College, they suck. So I just knew like, oh, that's that's going to be me. Like the communication arts teacher, the English teacher, like that's going to be me. 
it was not it was not me i went into education and when you're in the education program at that time because even after i left the education program it changed so i know it's changed since i've graduated but um you would pick what you wanted so if you wanted k through 12 post-secondary things of that so i really wanted high school but unfortunately they were like well you'll have to do k through 12 k through 12 be certified in that and then you have to take what they call the c-based test i don't even know if they still do the c-based test and then there was like another test that you had to take to like get extra certified or whatever so i was like whatever so in order to phase into the next level of education school you had to pass the c-base i took the c-base three times and i was like barely missing the points if you know my life you know that's kind of how it's always been with the test and so i was just like i just don't know if this is working so i finally so i'm still trying to figure out the c-base stuff but i'm in these english classes and so because outside of doing the education courses which is what i couldn't do you still have to do these english courses and so since i want to be an english high school teacher I was taking these English courses and, you know, the math just wasn't mathing. Um, and what I mean by that was everybody in class in the class was getting A, B's and C's. I was getting like C's and B's and I just wasn't understanding it. Like I just wasn't comprehending what I was learning. And so at some point I was like, listen, if everybody's getting A, B's, A, A's and B's and I'm the only one that's struggling, I'm clearly the problem. So... I um, go talk to some of my English professors, which was completely useless. There was one teacher that actually, like, heard me out. The other ones, they were just like, Lisa, just do what you got to do. Like, we don't really care. Don't even remember their names. That's how, like, irrelevant they were to me. I even had a advisor that I had to fire because when you're in college, if your advisor is not doing what you need to be done, then... That's just, <laughs> they got to go. And so um, I went to him and was just kind of explaining it, whatever, whatever, whatever. Wasn't working. There, so there was a, so outside of the one teacher that was hearing me, there was another teacher I came across and I had taken his class probably about two or three times at this point. Then I ended up like getting into some type of like education fraternity. Um I know some of y'all going to be like, uh, fraternities for guys. But, like, in that case, it was called a fraternity. It was co-ed. Um, I don't even remember what it was called. But I ended up getting into, like, that group, and he was the president of that. So I was going to talk to him, and I was like, hey, look, this is what I'm going through. Um, I'm just really having trouble understanding, like, why I'm struggling so much. So he was like, would you mind if I gave you, like, an assessment and this wasn't like an assessment that was like professional and all this but so he gave me this piece of paper and I took it and I gave it to him this all happened in like five minutes and so he was like so based off of this it looks like you're reading at a fourth grade reading level and I was like oh at the time I think it was like 19 maybe 20 I was like oh so if I'm reading at a fourth grade reading level at the age of 19 how the hell did I get here because again it's he was like so what it's sounding like is you're not comprehending what we're teaching to you because you're not even on the level to be able to comprehend so like yeah you can read but you're not reading at the level you should be reading at and so I'm like 
this all makes complete sense now. So I'm like, oh, okay. So pretty much I'm like, oh, I can't read. Cool. This is why I'm always struggling, which makes sense. This is why I have trouble with taking tests. This is why I I can't, like, I'm not comprehending the words I'm reading. So I try to be a good student. I go to the library, run all these books. I pretty much teach myself how to read, try to put myself at a level. But the reality was, like, I just wasn't loving English education. So I called one of my mentors and just was like, I'm just really lost right now. Like, I feel like I keep switching majors. I don't want to be here. I'm, I'm like, I'm just not happy, but I just don't know, like, what else I can do? Like, why am I even here? Like, why am I in college? Like, what? Like, what, why am I here? So I'm having like a identity crisis kind of in college. And so she goes, okay, tell me your vision of your future. And so I break down to her that pretty much, long story short, I want a community center. I want to provide resources. And like, I just, I love neighborhoods that are really close together. I love neighborhoods where the neighbors know each other and things of that nature. So she was like, Lisa, it sounds like you want to be in social work. And I was like, well, I've never heard of social work. So explain to me what it is. She was a social worker at the time. Well, she's still a social worker, but she was either her grad school had just graduated with her master's of social work. She's like, I'm not trying to persuade you, but it just really sounds like what you're trying to do. And so she was like, I'm going to tell you to look up a couple different things, do your research. And then, you know, from there, call and ask me questions. So I had to narrow down to like social work. ABA, which is Applied Behavior Analyst, and I think Family Studies. So I learned that like Family Studies at the time wasn't really accredited. Um, and then like they would pretty much tell people like, oh, we're social workers, but like not really, um, which was kind of offensive to social workers, which that's part of the system, but that's okay. Um, no shade to anybody who is in the, who has Family Studies as a, as a um, major. It just, at that time, there should have been a better way to explain it versus like, we're like knockoff social workers. That's pretty much what people were saying. Like, we're social workers, but we're not. Don't don't downplay any major, especially when we're paying thousands of dollars. That's a whole different thing. Applied behavior analyst. I actually tried to do social work and ABA at the same time, but it was the same thing with ABA. I just wasn't catching. Like, field work, I was amazing at. Test work, no way. And then... Later on in life, just some ethical things came about. So long story short, I ended up choosing social work. Choosing social work, took my first couple of social work one-on-one courses and was like, I really enjoy this. Like, I really think this is where I'm supposed to be. So get into the social work program, enjoy it. My first couple of classes, I sucked. Let's just keep it quite frank. I sucked. I wasn't good at it. When I graduated with my bachelor's of science and social work, one of my professors who I had all throughout my undergrad came up to me and was like, I have to apologize to you because I remember the first day you came to social work one-on-one and I said to myself and to my colleague, because this was a class where like two professors taught, I said to myself and my colleague, that's going to be one of the students who does not make it. And you ended up pushing through. You were one of the students who stayed the course. And now you're graduating with your BSSW, which is Bachelor's of Science in Social Work. And I just was like, these people were betting on me to not make it. And it was because of who I was as a person. 
I didn't have the brains, the like the brain smart. I, I wasn't book smart. I didn't have the professionalism. I didn't have that. And so they were banking on me to be a dropout. They were banking on me, which essentially going back to like where I went to high school at, the district I went to school at, were banking on me to be another drug addict, another person with too many kids to handle, another person taking up space and nobody actually like I was a good student like I wasn't a bad student I didn't have a mouth on me I still got a mouth on me but I wasn't a bad student but I was very much overlooked like I was okay and I got passed from grade to grade because I did listen I was good I didn't give you any problems outside of you pissing me off um but also too like there was no real like urgency to like take care of me and so I struggle with that now as an adult because I wish that I had more attention and love from the adults of our life so move forward and I just start falling in love with social work and one of the reasons like I just love community work I've been doing community work for a very long time I've been doing just different things that just I've always been a social worker even before I even knew what social work was I've always been a social worker and so that's kind of where I'm at. So that's kind of my story. So let's look at what is social work. So I got three definitions. Google, we use Google a lot. Google, our best friend, describes social work as work carried out by trained professionals with the aim of helping people who have social disadvantages and personal problems. What I don't like about this definition is is it uses trained professionals versus certified social workers. Like that's really what the definition should say. Let's move on to the second definition. The second definition came from University of Buffalo. It says social work is a profession in which trained professionals are devoted to helping vulnerable people and communities work through challenges they face in every day. Again, they keep using this trained professional term, but I get it because I guess you can't put the word in the definition, but whatever. Then we have the National Association of Social Workers, which there's a lot of controversy against them. But nevertheless, we do make an oath to them in a way. It says the primary mission of the social work profession is to enhance human well-being and help meet basic and complex needs of all people with a particular focus on those who are vulnerable, oppressed, and living in poverty. That's the definition I grew up knowing. Um, So, yeah, so basically social workers are people who they're the eyes, the ears of the vulnerable. They're the voice of the voiceless. They are the speakers to people who can't speak. We advocate. We change policies. We make change. We help you in your day-to-day life. We not we not only have an oath to our individual clients, but we also have an oath to the broader society, um, which I, I love that. Like I'm a very community person. I love society. There's a there's a lot that has to be changed. Social workers are the ones who are changing it. And social workers are also the ones that even if you don't have the social work credentials, we're going to give you the space and the opportunities to be able to say this. So like when you look at our community leaders, they may not have a master's in social work. They may not have any education. That does not matter. They're still, they are still the expert of their life. And I love that part of social work is everybody's the expert of their life. There is a right to self-determination. Oh my God, yeah! Like uh, we're going to, we will go into that because that that falls into the six core values of social work. 
But I love that because we do not just give advice. Actually, we don't give advice at all. And I love that. I don't like advice. I don't like giving it. I don't like accepting it. Okay. I very rarely ask for advice. I very rarely give advice. Right. Um, And I love that because we are not a profession that is trying to sit here and tell you how to live life. We are not here to tell you what works best for you, but you are the expert of your life and you know what works best for you and what does not. So let's move on to the six core values. Our six core values are service, social justice, dignity and worth of the person, importance of human relationships, integrity and competence. So service. Our job is to provide resources and services to our communities, our companies, ourselves, our clients, and all that. Social justice is such a big one. With social justice, we are the ones that are volunteering our time. We are the ones fighting, lobbying, advocating to all the injustices that are happening in the world. And I've experienced it in my own life, especially when my mom died. Um, going to the justice system and voicing my opinion because I don't know y'all didn't do y'all research like I wasn't just gonna sit there and let y'all disrespect my family um dignity and worth of the person it does not matter your opinion of people but each and every person has dignity and worth regardless if they see it or not as a professional social worker you see that within a person importance of human relationships community um people need people so that's where we come in integrity um, not lying, you know, not lying to make a client feel better, not lying to make yourself feel better, just having integrity and then competence. Know what you're doing as a social worker. One of the things I say I'm not a therapist is because I'm not competent in being a therapist. I do not have the credentials. I do not have the certifications. I do not have the trainings to be a therapist. I'm a community social worker. I specialize in community organizations and nonprofit management. I know how to do program planning. I know how to do community development. I do not know how to do therapy, nor do I want to. So I'm not competent in that. So being competent in your job, if you are a social worker who works in foster care, you are competent in foster care, but you may not be competent in sexual assault. If you are a trauma-informed social worker, then you are competent in social work, but maybe you are not competent in grief. There's a difference. So those are our six core values, service, social justice, dignity and worth of the person, importance of human relationships, integrity, and competence. So those are the six core values that we base our career off of. We follow those no matter what type of social work you are in there. What type of social work? What do I mean? So there are three types of social work. We have micro macro and meso okay micro is typically what we see as far as um as as far as like your typical stereotypical social worker okay so that's really where you have your one-on-one clients you will see you have your caseworkers your school counselors really anything dealing with one-on-one and also too in micro social work we see a lot of those clinical social workers right so um those are people those are social workers that are really working with you one-on-one as a person and doing your daily get-togethers and things of that nature so that's typically what we think about when we see a social worker and you will find most clinical social workers which are your therapists your counselors and things like that fall into that micro social work um category then we have macro 
So that's what I am. I'm a macro social worker. So we focus on whole communities, the whole society. Some examples of macro social worker are policy, lobbying, and social change, community organizer, lobbyist, professor of social policy, program developer developer and researcher. So in macro social work, you will see a lot of macro social workers are researchers and or very heavy in politics. And part of that is because we have to know our policies, we have to know our laws in order to better serve our community. So like, for example, one of the reasons like with the community center that I want to build one day, and I kind of started, I have my community office. So this is like my first step to my bigger goal. Um, I have to know what's going on so I can better serve my community. Um, what some of the biggest like topics that I service that are really near and dear to my heart is like police brutality, voting, knowing who we're putting in office. Like I love to teach people about voting in your local elections. <coughs> um, you know, I would love to be a per a, perf- a community social worker professor like I would love to teach um community social worker policy and things of that teaching people how to know policy teaching people how to learn like what's going on and things of that nature so that's really where I'm at so I'm a macro social worker aka a community social worker then we have mezzo so mezzo social work is really groups of people so specifically groups of people so like teen parents lgbtq plus um, single fathers, incarcerated um, incarcerated parents, or children of incarcerated. So you'll see mental social workers work with specific groups. So they don't necessarily have one-on-one, and they don't necessarily have a broad variety of things, but they have a group. So you might see a mental social worker working in a group home. You might see a mental social worker working in um an addiction program or a homeless shelter things of that nature they also offer support groups employee or mediation service they can also be a business social worker a community service manager a group therapist a parenthood educator or in general just a a support group facilitator and or counselor with me you will find me mostly in that macro and meso group setting because again I love groups. I'm not really into the one-on-one. It's not really my thing. <coughs> however, um, however, when it comes to social work, I'm definitely in the group. So right now, I currently provide grief group support. And so I focus with people who are grievers. I focus with people who identify as having a grief loss and a lot of times it doesn't have to do with death but maybe people lost their house maybe people are divorced maybe people had an abortion had a miscarriage maybe people miss their old self maybe people miss their um their old school dreams maybe people are yearning or grieving the life they thought they were going to have along with people losing their parents i've also lost both of of my parents i've lost the house i've lost the car i thought my career would be so much further and so in that I provide a safe space of this is what grief is. So let's learn about grief. The DSM-5, and I think it was either last year or 2021, they released diagnoses for grief. So now I'm learning about those diagnoses and teaching people, like, what does that mean? So I have had clients come up to me and be like, oh, my doctor diagnosed me with this. What does this mean? So helping clients understand, like, what that is. <coughs> um, what else? So you'll see me doing a lot of stuff. I love being in community. So I like going 
to work at schools. I like going to work with corporate. I like going to work with organizations that are trying to provide resources. When we had um, our first school shooting that killed a couple people in St. Louis, I reached out to the school districts and to local communities to see what they were doing to see how I could support. Supporting might just be going to the visual and being a professional there to help out. It might be volunteering in the community. It might be gathering people together to do things. When we had a lot of police issues going on in St. Louis, which we still do, so I don't want to make it seem like we don't anymore, I was gathering masters of social work students and creating a place for like white social workers to be able to protect black and brown communities and our people because that was something that I was like people wanted white people wanted to be allies but they didn't necessarily know how so I was creating a place so like this is what we have to do in order to support our black and brown communities and showing them different leaders in the communities that they should reach out to showing them that this is not about you and this is not about you being white but there is a such thing as white privilege so we need to focus on that we need to know like what type of privileges we have because the color of our skin because unfortunately in 2023 we're still dealing with racism so lobbying um there have been situations where there are people in missouri who are incarcerated who the judge has literally said that they are not guilty but because of certain policies in missouri they cannot be released so like reaching out to the government officials reaching out to the people at jefferson city that's the capital of missouri reaching out to these politicians who have access to release these people and like release the 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 free the the people who should be free like so being able to do that but also too like coming together providing resources like me doing a galentine's day or me providing a basketball program or me doing a movie night or me doing a fundraiser for a local community group so those are all things that i do as a social worker that are near and dear to my heart it might sound intense, but really, like, that's that's a second nature to me. So I'm really in love with social work and what I do. I take very, very big pride in, in who I am as a social worker, and I take pride in what I do and things of that nature. I've created whole curriculums for my groups. I've created safe spaces. I bought a building. Um, well, not bought this building. It's 2020. So I love social worker. I uh, love social. I love being a social worker and I love social work. We will have an episode where I talk about uh, me being a therapist and why I decided not to be a therapist, but I'll kind of give you a little rundown now. But pretty much like I never had an interest in doing one-on-one -on -one work. It was never interesting to me. People look miserable. I just did not. I wanted to also have fun, even though I see a lot of sad stuff. I also wanted to have fun with my career. And I also wanted to be able to do more of my career versus being put in a little box. Even though a social work, you're kind of put in a box anyway. Um, but also, too, like I find that in the social work industry, we need more respect on our names. We need more advocacy. We need more education. We just need we need uh, more. We are still one of the lowest paying industries in the nation, if not the world. Um, they still want they still want us to have these masters, but only pay us thirty to forty k. We need respect. We need better insurance because the thing about being a social worker, I'm sacrificing my life to help you, but like organizations don't want to pay you even though you're sacrificing your life, and that's just not okay. I'm not okay with that. I'm not about to sit up here and work 
40 plus hours to only get an $800 check. Y'all can kiss my ass with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we need more respect. We need advocacy. Even with, and I'll go into detail in a separate episode about like even me taking the license and even going through like what do the licenses look like, right? And why are they different and how they're different in different states. So this is really just an introduction to my love for social work. Who am I in the social work industry? What is social work? And what are we going to be talking about for the next three weeks? So it is social work month. It is also women's month. So throughout this month, I encourage you to do something for a social worker, do something for a woman, shout out a social worker, make sure make sure you're supporting our black, brown, and indigenous social workers. Make sure that if you have a woman in your life who's a woman and a social worker, shout them out, take care of them, buy them some coffee, buy them some lunch. Us social workers do not make money. That we don't make a lot of money, and then people be don't be want to pay us. So buy us some lunch, donate some stuff to us. We definitely need it. We definitely appreciate it. But for right now, that was our love and social work episode, episode sixty. We've been in the game for sixty episodes. Whoop whoop. So I'm super excited. I'm glad to be your favorite community social worker. I'm glad to educate you, and I appreciate you for listening and taking the time to understand what I am giving to you. All right, y'all. I love y'all. Remember to love you the way you love the world. And now we are going to jump into our affirmation of the week. All right. So you are now about to hear our affirmation. I know, I know. Didn't we already pick an affirmation card with the icebreaker? Yes, we did. But now I started this new segment where I want to give you an affirmation to carry for the week. So from Monday to Monday, you at least have an affirmation that you are repeating to yourself every day. And honestly, maybe you don't repeat it to yourself. You could write it in your journal. I know that's what I do. I write it in my journal and I have it for the week. So whenever I'm questioning myself or whenever I just need to pick me up, I have a I have an affirmation to look at. You can also download some affirmation apps and have the notifications come at certain times. But for Healing She Got Faith, listen, we want to give you affirmation to get through the week. So enjoy. And now we are in the affirmation segment of episode 60. So from now until Monday, I want you to repeat this affirmation to yourself. And it is, I am so grateful for all the love I already have in my life and all the love I will receive in the future. So be grateful for the present moment of love and be grateful for what is to come. I truly believe that we just have to be focused in the moment and really accept what it is and what it ain't, but also to accept what is coming to us. Be honest with yourself, be present, and know that you are loved, even if it's from people you don't necessarily know. You are loved, you are great, and you are worthy of love. So I am grateful for all the love I already have in my present life and all the love I will receive in the future. Love you guys. All right, and we are now in our housekeeping segment, which is the last segment of the episode. So housekeeping remember to catch us every monday at 3 p.m central you can now catch us on anchor apple Podcasts, audible amazon music spotify and probably some other places so just remember hit that bell turn on the notifications make sure you're catching us every 
Monday and we will start posting back on YouTube so make sure to check us out there now we are gonna have a little shift in our vlogs um, our blogs used to be weekly we're probably gonna move to bi-weekly or monthly but nevertheless they will be here on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. you can check them out at healing she got faith dot com slash blog so make sure that you are in the now of our blogs make sure you follow us on all social media platforms we have tiktok we have linkedin facebook instagram twitter you can follow us on every podcast youtube and social media platform all you have to do is go to healing she got faith.com slash links hit that follow button on every single platform okay we are currently looking for sponsors. What does that mean? We are looking for sponsors to sponsor programs. Your money will help provide people to attend sessions. It will also help us provide materials we need to be able to provide the sessions. We are looking for sponsors of the coffee bar and snack bar and water and drinks, non-alcoholic drinks. So we typically keep water and Sprite in the building. So we are looking for things of that nature if you are interested you can let me know on instagram or you can go to the website healingshegotfaith.com and shoot me a message you can go to the contact button and let us know that you are interested i will also post that we have an amazon wish list so i will post that link you can follow it in the show notes or you can look it up on social media so yes that is our housekeeping thanks guys have a great rest of your week all right we have came to the end of our show i really appreciate you for listening and sticking with us and coming every monday at 3 p.m central to hang out with us i appreciate you guys i can't thank you enough to my listeners followers everybody friends family who loves and believes in everything that i'm doing i really really thank you from the bottom of my heart i love you but i always want you to remember to love you the way you love the world and i'll catch you next monday bye guys